We have been in a series about the atonement, and uh, I have one more message in that series, but we're not going to preach it tonight. We'll, we'll take care of that uh, at a later time. I just feel like God has deterred me away, even though I studied uh, the, today on the atonement message. I just feel like God has uh, given me another direction for tonight, and that's okay, and it? it's His church. And we just try to be obedient to him as we can. Jeremiah chapter 29. We're going, to be, we're going to begin reading in verse number one and read down some verses. And so we all find that. If you'll follow along, I'll try to read. Jeremiah 29 verse one. The Bible says, Now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem unto the residue of the elders which were carried away captives, and to the priests, and to the prophets, and to all uh, the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had carried away captive from Jerusalem to Babylon. After that, Jeconiah the king, and the queen, and the eunuchs, and the princes of Judah and Jerusalem, and the carpenters, and the smiths were departed from Jerusalem. By the hand of Elasa, the son of Shaphan, and Gemariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent unto Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Build ye houses, and dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them, Take ye wives, and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that ye may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there, and not diminished. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof ye shall have peace. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners uh, that be in the midst of you deceive you. Neither hearken to your dreams, which cause you to be, uh, which ye cause to be dreamed, for they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, that after seventy years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations and from all the palaces, whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place whence I have caused you to be carried away captive. If you'll leave your Bible open there, we're going to look at these verses, uh, not verse by verse, but we're going to look at some of these verses again uh, as I try to preach on this subject, living with hope in God. We're living in rough time right now, aren't we? Yeah. Truly. We have to have our hope in the Lord. Living with hope in God. Let's pray. Father, just one last time I ask for your power, Lord, to preach this message the way you'd have it done. 
I'm totally dependent upon you right now because I know without you I can do nothing. And I pray, Lord, tonight that you would uh, see fit to meet with us through the preaching of your word and help us, Lord, to be strong in you. Help us to have that hope, Lord, that we all need uh, to continue to live our lives the way you'd have us to do so. Bless the reading of your word now and the preaching, we pray and thank you for it. For we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do be seated. When Miss Pat down to watch a movie at home, if it's something that I've seen before and she hasn't, She cries. It's terrible. Just, <laughs> usually the, the crying doesn't start until I'm at least 15 or 20 minutes into the message. Anyway, I'm sorry, but it's all right. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. If, if we're watching a movie at home and it's something I've seen, she hadn't seen it, she immediately will start asking me what's going to happen. Uh, I mean, all these questions. Oh, why are they doing that? Is, is, is he going to end up being the bad guy? Is, is she going to die in the end of this? Or is this going to turn into good or bad for them? Or, or, or a multitude of other questions to which my answer is always, shh, watch the movie. <laughs> do I know the answer to those questions? Yeah, 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 I do. But am I going to tell her? No, I'm not going to tell her. No. No. <clears throat> These Jews we read about had been taken into exile by King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, and they had lost everything that was near and dear to them. And here they are now. They're in this strange land surrounded by strange people. Most all their worldly possessions were gone. They had no idea what the future would hold for them. And because of that, God sent them a message by the prophet Jeremiah. And God told them to make the most of their complicated conditions right where they were. No, no, right in the middle of the, their worst trials conceivable after they had lost everything and been deported to a foreign land, they needed to have a good testimony for the Lord. They had not been living for the Lord. They had not been submissive to the Lord up to this time. And that's why they're in captivity now. But he's encouraging them now. The, the Lord is. Encourages them to turn back to him because God has a plan. And God still has a plan. He, he still has a plan. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to settle down and build some houses and plant a garden. That's what he says there in verse number, verse number 5. Build ye houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. So God wants us to be settled. Now to get this, come on. I, I understand this is written to the Jews, but God wants us to be settled where we are in life. He wants us to be settled. No, 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 no. no. I, I, I'm saying no matter what you may be going through right now in your life, He wants you to have a good life. He wants you to have a settled life. No matter what trials you might be facing, no matter what tribulations going on, I'm telling you, God wants you to have a good, settled life. And uh, as women, He wants you to be building up your houses. 
No, no, Proverbs 14, 1, I'm talking about it this way. Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. And you have to ask yourself, ma'am, are you building or are you tearing down? Because you have, no, 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 you, you, have, you, have, a, you have quite the responsibility in your home to be building. And as men, plant gardens. Well, why don't we do that? So women can get in the kitchen and cook us up some victuals. That's well, that didn't go over good at all, did it? <clears throat> and he tells them. He says, he says, get your kids married off and start families and have children. In verse number six, have children, enjoy your life, and seek the peace of Babylon. That's what he says here. Verse number seven, and seek the peace of the city, whether I've called you to be carried away captives. <clears throat> Preacher, our country's in a mess. I understand that. We need to seek the peace of the United States of America. Come on, and the only way there's ever going to be true peace is as people know the Lord Jesus Christ is their personal Savior. And so that's why, no, no, we pray for our country, absolutely so, but we have to be out there spreading the gospel, spreading the good news. I mean, if we want this country to come back to God, we need to be out there doing our part. I mean, God tells them, pray, pray, pray for your sin-sick society in which you live. Don't, don't let it be all about yourself. Don't let it be all about your family. No, 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 no. Reach out to others with the gospel. Well, that's good advice right now. Come, come, to, come to Saturation Saturday. Come to church-wide visitation. Get involved in a bus route. Pass out some tracts and witness everywhere that you go. Help turn somebody to Jesus. I mean, but to do that, we must be living for Him. Romans 12, 21 says, Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. That's what we're supposed to be trying to do. So God tells them, says, get settled in life, build on your homes, raise your children, pray for others, work for the Lord. Pretty good admonition right there, truly. So the prophet Jeremiah being used of God, he cared about these people. No, he cared about them, absolutely so. And he wanted them to understand that they could live good lives if they would simply trust and follow God, what God wanted them to do. And, and no doubt, different people were taking it different ways. And he seems to address different situations in this group. And he started out with this group, those that had no hope. Uh, again, verse number four, <clears throat> excuse me, thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Build ye houses and dwell in them and plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. Excuse me, take ye wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands that you may bear sons and daughters that you may be increased there and not diminished. They had lost everything but their lives. And 
whatever they may have been able to carry with them from Jerusalem to Babylon, which probably was not much. But we, we need to understand they had lost their freedom. They lost their homes. They lost their jobs. They were taken away from friends and relatives and maybe even, maybe even seen some of those friends and relatives die on their long, long journey to captivity. And so because of that, everything looked hopeless to them. What in the world are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to handle everything that's going on in our life? How do we keep from falling into a state of depression when we're going through such a hard time? You know, sometimes we really need to understand the sovereignty of God and you have to accept it from the hand of God and allow Him to have His way in your life. Verse 4, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now this was, look up here for just a second. This was God's will for them right then. And it was God's will for them right then because they had been disobedient to God. But it was God that caused them to be carried away. Well, how come? They were disobedient to God. They wouldn't listen to God. They wouldn't do what God wanted them to do. And because of that, they had to pay the price for it because of their disobedience. But God knew right where they were. And God's trying to get them to see, hey, listen, I've got you right where you are. So what you need to do is make the best of it and trust me. Too many times when things start going wrong, we just start, mm, we start looking for answers everywhere but God. And we need to rest in the Lord and know that He is in control no matter how bad things may look in our life. I mean, what good does it do to sit around and fret over it all? I, I mean, being worried and stressed out and agitated by it all, it doesn't do one bit of good. We have to trust the one that's in control. We have to trust the one that knows how to lead us in the right way to sustain us, to help us. God wants us to be in submission to Him because He knows He knows where He is trying to get us to. He knows right where He's trying to get us to. And so even in times like that, He wants us to be in submission to Him. And if we are not willing to be, uh, if we are not willing to put ourselves in the wooden yoke of submission to God, I'm guarantee you we'll end up in the, in the iron yoke of enslavement to our circumstances. That's not a good place to be. So what we have to do is we have to accept where we are and let God work in our life. Either that, stay with me here, either that or you can just go ahead and work your own plan and end up paying the price for it. Because there is always a price to pay. Always a price to pay. Can I say this? No, I can't say this. God is always good. And God is always right. We're, we're to listen to Him. But also He addressed those that had false hopes. False hopes. Look at verse 8. It says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which ye caused uh, which ye caused to be dreamed, for they prophesy falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, saith the Lord. So apparently there were some false prophets around. 
And the Lord said, you don't, you don't need to be listening to these guys. Oh, come on, you know, those, that crowd, that, that name it, claim it crowd. Well, you can be a better you. What you need to do is just reach way down inside for, for, for that's where you're going to find the answers to your problems. Uh, there's blue skies on the horizon, just need to keep looking. Let me ask you a question. What if there's not? No, no, what if the answers aren't right at your fingertips? What if, what if the answers aren't right around the corner? You just want to be a preacher of doom and gloom? No, 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 but I want to face reality. I mean, what if you have to live with an infirmity? What if you have to live with it? Some of the godliest people that my wife and I know have lived with the firm and infirmities all their life. And they just continue to serve God and love God and live for God and do the things that God would have them to do. What if your child doesn't get better? What if that person you're praying for doesn't receive healing? What if your husband or your wife doesn't shape up? I mean, what then? What are we supposed to do, preacher? Get settled in life. Keep building your homes. Raise your children for the Lord. Pray for others. Keep doing the things that we're supposed to do. No matter what might be happening around us. No matter what might be happening in our lives. God is always good and God is always right and God is always faithful. And all He requires of us, please listen to me, all He requires of us is to be faithful. To Him. You know, others may not have to go through as much as you're going through, but that's no reason to give up on God. Amen. <clears throat> I know this, there are others out there that need real hope. Let them see that hope in you. Be used by God to be a blessing to others. Keep your eyes on the Lord and keep your hope in Him. And allow God to work in your life in such a way that it's going to bring honor and glory to Him. I mean, God wanted these people to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. He wanted them to, to, to help uh, uh, others draw closer and serve Him, not pull, not pull people away from serving God. And even though their circumstances were much less than favorable, it was still possible for them to live for God. Come on, they're in this wicked, wicked place and, and away from everything they knew as normal. And it was still possible for them to live for God. If we get focused on what we hope, listen to me, please. If we get, if we get focused on what we hope will happen with our lives, we're going to miss out on God's plan for our lives. We just need to be following Him every day. Trusting Him every day. 
allowing our hope to be in Him every day. Live for God every day right where He has you. And let Him determine what's going to happen tomorrow. And then he delivered a message to those who had true hope. Verse number 10, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you in causing you to return, uh, to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. <clears throat> God's word, that old Bible is what gives us true hope. Not some watered-down dream message. The truth of the Word of God. Well, preacher, it's not always easy to take. I know. I understand that. Truly, I do. But it's always, it's always right. Come on, it's a mirror who will show us where we are, isn't it? No, 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 no. If we prayerfully read this book, if we prayerfully read this book, by the way, the most important book in the world, if we prayerfully read this book, asking God to help us, I'm telling you, He'll show us all the bad things in our life. But it's us to, up to us to do something about it at that point. And if we're needing hope, I mean really needing hope, and we're willing to seek God, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, and get in this Word, He can give us hope. Right here from this book. I'm so thankful that we have it. I wish more people would take advantage of it. See, God said He would deliver them. God said that He would keep His promise. And He said He had a plan for His people right there in verse number 11. That He had a plan for His people. And that ultimately, please, please listen, that ultimately brings hope and peace. Come on. If his word says that we can have hope and peace, do we have to be afraid? Do we have to be discouraged? No, I'm telling you we don't. But we must purpose to trust and work his plan. God's people have a responsibility. I'll say it again. God's people have a responsibility. We may not want to take it. That, that, that we, we heard tonight from 1946, man, that's just that's mind-blowing, isn't it? Because it pretty much describes today, no big time. We get comfortable right where we are. We're not telling people about Jesus. We're not inviting people to church. We don't read our Bible like we should. We don't pray like we should. We don't go like we should. We don't give like we should. We have a responsibility. The Lord Jesus Christ paid our sin debt on the cross all those years ago. Shed his own precious blood. Gave up the ghost. Died. Laid dead for three days. Rose from the dead. Victorious over death and hell and sin. And he saved you when you repented of your sin. And trusted Christ as your savior. Why don't you feel like you have responsibility to him? Why would we feel like we have no responsibility to Him when He's done so much for us? 
And we just think that God's supposed to let us merrily float down the stream and everything's supposed to be good. And if this happens, why? It's just me and I got bad luck and all this blah, 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 blah when we just need to be trusting God however He sees fit to work. Instead of, instead of just falling apart every time something doesn't go the way we thought that it should go. We can trust Him in all circumstances. We truly can. But we have to make the decision to do that. And, stay with me here, a few more verses, and we have to call on Him. Now it says that in verse number 12. <clears throat> then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. So we have to call on Him. And I love this because He promises to hear. Amen. He promises to hear right there. Uh, well, well, preacher, I just don't feel like he hears me. He promises to hear you. It's right there in the book. It's promises to hear. Well, I know, preacher, but I mean, you know, it, it doesn't seem like my prayers are, are getting through. He promises to hear you. He promises that he'll hear you. Absolutely. Well, I, I, it just doesn't do me any good to pray. He promises to hear you. Where's your trust in Him to do what only He can do? No, I'm saying pray, 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 and then pray some more. Pour out your heart to Him. He knows right where you are. He knows everything about your life. And He knows where He's trying to get you to. Pray. But not only pray, seek Him. Notice where a lot of people fail. Verse number 13. And ye shall seek me, stay with me, and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. preacher I just really need to I just, I just really need some answers from, you know from God and I just you know I, I really need something from the Lord well how much time do you spend seeking him I'd have to ask you that because he promises to hear us right that word uh, seek in the Hebrew has a, a thrust of intentional get this it has a thrust the word itself has a thrust of intentional with desire i've got to find god i've got to hear from god i'm going to lay aside this and i'm going to lay aside that and i'm not going to have anything to do with that and i'm going to put this out of my life for a while i have to find god no no intentional with desire what a wonderful world it would be if people spend as much time seeking God as they do on social media I'm not trying to be ugly I'm not pointing fingers in here whatsoever I, but no 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 come on do you 
<clears throat> There's some people that live on Facebook. And really, if they spent half as much time seeking the Lord, really seeking the Lord as they do on Facebook, their life would probably change drastically. Dramatically. Well, preacher, I read my Bible every day. That's good. That's wonderful. We need to read our Bible every day, but do you seek the Lord when you do it? Because there's a difference just reading the Bible, just if there's words on the page and nothing's coming out of it, doesn't speak to your heart, no changes in your life, haven't had anything change in your life, and, well, you can't even remember the big change, any big changes happened in your life. Can't even remember the last time all that happened. Well, it's probably because even though you're doing your Bible reading, you're not seeking the Lord because God is still a life-changing God. Amen. No, it really doesn't matter how long you've been saved. God is still a life-changing God. And if we just get to where we're going through the motions, we're reading the Bible, and, you know, I pray some. And, but are we seeking the Lord, really seeking the Lord? Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? What, what do you really want in my life? What is in my life you want out, Lord? No, come on, start asking some, you know, some questions that you really don't want to ask him. Lord, what is in my life that you want out of my life? What is not in my life that you want into my life? What am I not doing that you really want me to do? What am I doing you want me to stop doing? No, no, no. I mean, really seeking his face about that and then listening to him because he speaks very clearly along those lines, doesn't he? Amen. Truly, he does. And when we begin to seek Him like that, He will give us answers. He will give us answers because He hears us and He wants us to be everything that He would have us to be. I'm telling you, we have to seek Him. I mean, intensely seek Him with a desire. I mean, with a real desire to find Him. Searching for Him. Have you ever lost anything that was real important to you? I mean, maybe even in your own house. Boy, you just couldn't, you just, you just could not sit down and rest till you found it. I heard about a woman that was talking on the phone with one of her friends. And as she was talking on the phone, she was slamming doors and moving stuff around and all this. And finally her friend said, what are you doing? She said, I'm looking for my phone. Anyway, have you ever lost something? I mean, you just, I mean, you tore up the house, you tore up your car, you looked in the yard. I mean, you weren't going to rest till you found it. When's the last time you really uh, sought the Lord like that? Lord, I need to hear from you. If I don't get answers from you, I don't know what I'm going to do. Amen. I'm going to quit looking at all these other places, and I'm just going to trust that you'll speak to my heart, that you'll help me as I seek you in the Word and on my knees. Are you willing, are you willing to go to great lengths to find that which is precious? Are you willing to do that? We've gotten comfortable. We think as long as we're going through the motions, everything's going to be okay. If you're struggling with life right now, however much, 
with whatever circumstances, if you're struggling, really struggling with life, life, come on brain, life right now, how much time do you spend seeking God? Well, I read my verses this morning. Well, what did they say? Um, well, I, it's, you know, it was Bible, so it was good. Seeking Jesus. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so. Oh, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. He said we'd find Him when we seek Him with all of our heart. What's the most important thing in your life right now? Is it God? Has something taken His place? Well, preacher, you know, I mean, you know, I got a life to live. Right, 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 right. But God's supposed to be number one. Not your job. Not your house. Not your recreation. Not your wife, not your husband, not your children, not your parents. God. He's supposed to be number one. With all your heart. When finding Him is more important than anything else. And when that's the case, He will be found. Verse number 14. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord. And I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places, whether I've driven you. Saith the Lord, I will bring you again into the place whence I have called you to be carried away captive. See, he had a plan for Israel, and he's got a plan for you. Without a doubt. But it is our responsibility, stay with me here, it is our responsibility as individuals to trust Him and to trust His plan. If my life could just be like, if my life could just be like theirs, your life isn't their life and their life isn't your life, your life is your life. Well, I just don't know why I'm having to go through this. Seek the Lord with all your heart. He'll give you direction. I just don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Seek the Lord with all of your heart, and He will give you direction. Come on, God is alive. He does have a plan. It is His promise that we can enjoy our life while we're trusting Him even during the trials. 
So let me ask you, no matter what you might be going through right now, are you continuing to live your life for God? And if you're going through trials right now, are you, are you trusting Him and, and, and seeking His face to find out what He's trying to teach you? Because He does not allow us to go through things without purpose. He's trying to teach us something. God is faithful. We just need to go to Him. Enjoy the life that God's given you. Absolutely. No matter the circumstances. Because God has a plan. And what we need to do is we need to seek to be a part of His plan. Not form our own plan. But it's going to take seeking Him with all of our heart. I've told those in, that are coming for discipleship, that they may have to lay aside some things to be a real disciple. They may have to give some time to God that uh, they would give to other things to be a disciple. And let me say this, if you've missed some of the discipleship classes, don't let that deter you from coming back. You need to keep coming. Absolutely. You know, to seek Him with all of your heart, you may have to lay some things aside. But I'm telling you, if you can get answers from God that way, and you can, it'll be worth it. When you know that, listen to me, I'm done. When you know you have real direction from God, there's nothing to give you any more hope and peace than that. These people had it. God promised it. And he gave it to those that would seek him. Be a part of his plan. Living your life with hope in God. Him first. And everything will not go wrong will never go wrong. Stand with me, will you? We'll stand with our heads bowed. Heavenly Father, we, prom- we, we thank you for the promises in your word. We thank you that you love us the way that you do. It's really incredible to think about the love that you've bestowed to us. You sent your only begotten Son that we might know you in a free pardon of sin as we have trusted Christ as our Savior.
You gave us your word, Lord, that we would have it to look to every day to guide us through this life. You gave us a promise that you'd never leave us nor forsake us, that you'd always be there for us. Lord, that you would hear us when we call upon you. And we know that you have a plan for lives. For each and every life. And I can't begin to act like I know who all is going through, whatever they're going through in this place tonight. I don't know what they may be facing, what trials, what troubles, what tribulations. I don't know what questions they may have about their life and what's going on, but I do know that you have the answer. And as we trust you and depend upon you and put you first, it's amazing how you can guide us through it all. Our prayer is that as we open up the altar that folks would just come and talk to you. Maybe some need to make new commitments to you. Maybe some just need to rededicate their life and their walk um, with you to you. I, I just pray whatever needs done that, you're, that you will give answers as only you can. Help us, we pray, please. And we ask these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Some already made their way to the altar. You need to come tonight. Come on, don't, don't, hey, 